And you only want the safe? The man asked as he opened the door and got out. She smiled, leaned down over the briefcase, and put two litre bottles of San Miguel in the little cubby hole between the driver's and the passenger seats. Only the safe, she said. The rest is yours. Help yourselves. The driver looked at the beer and laughed. The fat man had got his tools and the tubes out and had put them beside the gate to the house. And you can guarantee that this'll knock them out? he wondered, regarding the canisters with a degree of suspicion. They didn't look like they usually did. He peered up at the house as the full moon shone from a gap in the clouds. They needed to get going. She concentrated and tapped in the code to open the gate. The panel on the alarm turned green and the lock clicked. Oh yes, she said. It's guaranteed to knock them out. TT News Agency, 9.13am. Urgent. Attorney General demands judicial review of triple murder case. Stockholm TT. On Monday, Attorney General Lillian Bergqvist will submit a request for the judicial review of the case against the so-called axe murderer, financier Philip Anderson, TT has learned. Philip Anderson was sentenced to life imprisonment for three brutal murders on Södermalm in Stockholm. He has always maintained his innocence. In December last year, once the real murderer was killed, Philip Anderson was finally able to tell the truth, says his lawyer, Sven-Joran Olin. Philip's sister, Yvonne Nordin, carried out the murders. Almost four years ago, Philip Anderson was found guilty in both the city court and court of appeal and received the maximum sentence available for three counts of murder, blackmail, extortion, and desecration of a grave. All three victims, two men and a woman, were mutilated during the attack. The evidence against Philip Anderson was regarded as weak even during the previous trials. He was convicted on the strength of a DNA trace from one of the victims on his trouser leg, a fingerprint on a door handle, and an unpaid debt. The Attorney General's submission to the Court of Appeal will summarise the evidence the prosecutors are planning to present. Continued. Copyright TT News Agency and the author of the article. The Princess in the Castle Among the Clouds The light was utterly white. It drifted through the rooms like a stream, around chandeliers and curtains and stag's heads. She could hear it whispering and giggling by the beams in the ceiling. It was so easy to breathe. In fact, the air was so clear and pure that sometimes she became a feather, a silent pale blue feather that swirled around in the white light on sunbeams and tapestries of hunting scenes. I said she was silent, didn't I? Oh, she was silent, so silent, because the Führer mustn't be disturbed. Everybody spoke quietly and respectfully in the castle among the clouds, and thick rugs on all the floors and stone staircases took away their whispering and hid it in a safe place. Her favourite place was the Halle, the room that was as big as an ocean, with windows looking out onto the clouds and the snow-capped mountains below. Sometimes she danced in the Halle, silently of course, and lightly on her bare toes with the sculptures and paintings and the dolls as her appreciative audience. Her dress, all that thin fabric, fluttered around her with a life of its own, and she jumped and twirled until her head was spinning. 
She was a princess, the princess in the castle among the clouds, and she danced for the horses and the dead deer and all the beautiful wooden carvings on the ceiling. Nana always tried to stop her, of course, but she ignored her. Nana was just a grubby Landfeard mädchen who had no right to tell her what to do, because she was the princess in the castle among the clouds. Once she danced right into the Führer. Nana, the stupid woman, had run off crying because she had bitten her arm, and she had been able to dance for ages all on her own in the Halle. But the Führer wasn't angry with her, not at all. He just caught her in his long arms, leaned over, and put his hands on her shoulders. He had blue eyes, red-rimmed, but the princess wasn't looking at his eyes. Instead, she was staring in delight at the hairs sticking out of his nose. She knew she had misbehaved.